You're tuned into the Podcastle on iTunes and Podbean. This is Ryan Hastinger from Ryan 9 Fitness reminding you to always engage that damn core. Is that good? All right, so who should my manager talk to about getting royalties? I didn't know how long that was going to go. <laughs> was that was great. just a rehearsal. There's actually eight minutes left. What? Okay, good. Keep going. No, that was it. I had I had a couple more bars, but I, I felt like I got my point across. I was grooving to that group. I was listening to it in the car this morning. I was like, eh, I'm going to spoof this. It was funnier in my head at the time than I think, now. I think for me, nine times out of ten, it, it is. It always is. It's funnier in my head. And then it yeah. comes spilling out like vomit. And that's why you got to do it. But one you know. out of that one out of ten, I, I get I get them. I, I, I get, get them. That's when I get them, Johnny. That's when I snipe them. Tremendous show tonight. Tweet us. Big show. Squeeze up. We got uh, some great stuff. We've got a guest, Bob, coming in. We are jazzed to have him in. He's a good friend of John. I met Bob at the uh, the fabled wedding in um, Boca del Vista at the retirement center. No, del, I met him del at Boca the. I met him at the Delray Marriott for John's nuptial. Yeah ceremony and he's, he's such a good guy wow he's one of the best uh you know short rundown on bob he's like one of my first friends uh when we moved into our new neighborhood when i was like seven years old he came wandering into my backyard out of someone else's backyard bill ganners for those who know him uh and he he waved to, he waved to me and rye and rye waved back and bob said will you be my friend and under my breath i was going rye say no say no and, and Ryan goes, yeah, sure. And there it goes. From here we are. He was in my, uh, you know, he's one of my groomsmen. The history has been solidified since then. Yeah, and we've you've spoken about him before. And uh, yeah. just a good guy. He's yeah. the guy you go to the Talladega races with, yeah. right? Is he like the orchestrator of that event? Yeah. We, we, so we grew up together in Chalfont in uh, Oxbow Ridge. Oh yeah, for about right. four or five years, and then they moved away. 
Eight two two five seven two four. That's right. Wow. Wow. Three four eight. Uh, three four nine. You're right there, brother. You're close. Uh, oh, I can't. I can't get it. It's 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 nine three zero nine. But now it just blasted people's number. Some some poor recipient of the house is like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> but there was a bunch of people around your area, or at least people that were on your bus, that had similar numbers. That weren't eight two two, so they were very distracting. Yeah, a lot of threes and eights. And nines and sixes. It's wild. So you, but he so, was an Oxbow Ridge, like right. next door neighbor, or one house away. Oh, and right. We were we were the fourth house to be erected in that uh, neighborhood, and theirs was the first. So we were like, you know, the only people in the neighborhood as the rest of the slow ass builders were building the rest of the homes. Oh, really? Yeah, it was crazy. We would get in trouble all the time playing in the like unfinished houses after the workers oh, left we'd go and like step in tar and muddy up our sunday best oh yeah <laughs> i i got a story about those days i remember in the uh when i moved into like i guess my the home that you remember yeah. in doylestown yeah there was like still houses being built yes and my neighbor rebecca and i would go into these like houses and like mess around oh not not Sexually, do I was like mess kid, but like you know, like pick yeah, up stuff, and I'd write on the walls around. with like a marker, like the frame, like the wood, not like Ooh. the actual walls, but like the frame, the skeleton of the house, mm-hmm. if you will. Mm, little graffiti artist. And we would like hang out there. Mm-hmm. Remember one day I got locked in the basement because I jumped down there and there was no stairs built yet, <laughs> so I had to like break a window to get out. Yeah, and I I, I was like kind of scared I want to get caught, so I, but I kept going back to this house, and I guess the builders got wise. And like the architecture, or the, the, the the construction manager showed up, and I ran, and he called the cops. And the cops came to my house, and they put me in the back of the police car, and they took me back up to the house. Not, I mean, I was a kid, so they're just gonna be like, "Don't do this. You're in right. trouble." Lesson learned, young man. And they're like, "Did you draw on these these things?" And I was like, "No way. This isn't me. These are the other kids." Yeah, Meanwhile, I had the marker that I drew with in my pocket as he's questioning me. And I was like, oh, no, never did, again. Did they find – they didn't find the marker? No, they didn't, like, search wow. for anything. I guess because I was, like, a little kid. That is I mean, playing around. Muy but impressive. I was like, shit. But, Damn. yeah, those days, I remember that. And so for you guys to be, uh, like, the two new, you know, two, yeah, the only two kids. cats in town, right. you have, like, a, it's like a playground. It's like yes. a dangerous playground. A big, huge dirt hill we used to call the Chapter Hill because – in my mind, we were just we were just falling down it. But in my mind, it was like acts of a play. And I'd be like, all right, chapter five, guys, in my head. And, oh, nice. And they all just bought into it and called it a chapter hill, too. Chapter six, gentlemen. Yeah. That's how I was. Uh, and then, you know, they moved away. They moved to Virginia. And that was like into high school, into college. Kind of lost touch. Stayed in touch every once in a while. Um, just over... Facebook and you know shit like that randomly bumping into each other over the holidays like once and then next thing you know I move down here and I find out that Bob also lives down here two minutes from my house oh wow yes and ever since That's insane. then we watched like every Eagles game together and you know it's it's I mean wow. he was one of my groomsmen Jerry of all the gin joints in all the world, that one walked right next to yours. It was the parrot. Fort Lauderdale didn't know what hit him. Yeah, we upped the, we like, we kept the lights on at the parrot 
especially because we were there during the World Series run, the the year afterwards uh, against the Yankees in the World Series. Yeah, right. I remember you, you spoke about that before, too. Yeah. You guys have quite yeah, the history. Very good. Yeah, you know your history. Very good. So he moved like two minutes away from your, your home. This is when you lived in Fort Lauderdale? Uh, yeah. And the yeah. pirate was the place. Yeah, I moved to Fort Lauderdale, and his mom, I saw his mom at my brother's wedding, because my parents, you know, they're still close. Uh, oh, and she was like, his mom's like, Jonathan, I heard you moved to Florida. And I'm like, yep. And she's like, where? I'm like, Fort Lauderdale. She goes, Bobby just moved to Fort Lauderdale. I was like, what? Oh, my God. I was like, you got to be fucking, ass- uh, dude, as soon as I landed, I called him. I was like, dude, where do you live? He's like, oh, right here. I, like, Googled it two minutes from my house. You don't even identify yourself. You just break down the door, and yeah. you're like, hey, Bob. You're like, you're like don't move. That's exactly how it went. Like, the first time we hung out with my, with my ex, uh, we went. he was, like, having a party, a NASCAR party. And, you know, when he moved to Virginia, he kind of became, like, a, a, a closet redneck or, or like, a, a half redneck. A good you old know? boy. You grow up in two different places at such a young age, you can kind of, like, become half of, of each. Yeah, I'm a, I'm like a Me- kind of a Mexican right now, as of L.A. Oh, you know, I'm half oh, Mex. Yeah, I'm half Cuban. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. But Arriba. when you so when you reconnected uh, with him back in Florida, yeah. back in old Fl- he, FL, I, did you got how long since was the last time you saw actually saw him? Like, what was the gap between the of the absence? Dude, I think it was like six years, but that was only. The last time I saw him, his whole family came to my parents' house and they had dinner and, you know, they were there for three hours. But before that, it had been like 10 years. That's a long time. Right. That's quite a gap. Right. That's it's like weird. A, 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 an undentist-like surgery child with a big gap in his tooth and they don't have the insurance to fix it. It's just big and gaping. Michael Strahan. Hatchet wound. Oh. Do you want to uh, bring him on or do you want to, yeah. you want to, you want to uh, wait a little bit? Yeah, let's slice them on here. Slice them right. on, and we'll, and we'll get into sports with John and sports with John, 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 John. Sports with John, John. Sports with John. I'm gonna redo the theme song, but it's gonna be more of a an upbeat, like it's sports with John, 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 John. Sports with John. Kind of like a like a, a disco tech theme. I, I like if you the want. original one. It's really like it's cool. crazy and annoying, so I think it's better. <laughs> yeah, the off key. Yeah. Oh. We like making fun of ESPN. Sounds like a thousand ghosts. So this is Bob. He's coming on the show. We're going to be really excited to have him on. He's great. He does right. great things. We're going to talk about Paris Accord, all kinds of stuff. Nobody's better. Nobody's better than Bob. We love him. And uh, Other people try to be a Bob, and they can't do it. He's going to get on here in just a second. They try to do it. They can't. Other people failed at it. It's sad. I did it. He did it. Prepare for war. Yeah. Bob arm, is- arm, your, arm your Navy. Prepare for war. He does great things. We're going to be talking about all kinds of stuff. You know, we're going to be talking about the wedding food in Florida. It was tremendous. Never had food like that. Most weddings, they fail at it. Sad. They did it. And there he is. There's Bob. Bob, <laughs> how you doing? Welcome to the podcast, sir. What's going on? You're actually guest number 380. Lord. Oh, wow. That's, that's not true. We haven't had that many shows, but... <sighs> it's okay. It's a great number. Thanks for being on the show, man. It, 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 it's so good to see your face. Great and to hear see yours, your... And hear your voice, thank you, and uh, and have you on, man. It's an honor. Thanks for being on the show. It's it's, it's tremendous. No, oh, happy to be here, guys. Yeah, it's great. Looking now, forward to it. Now you're in a room with uh, it's a blank wall in the back, and I think this is so we don't know your location. Am I right? 
I'm actually uh, in Afghanistan right now. Okay, because you, you could be. I knew it. Because I'm looking at you, and I'm like, this is one of those things where, you know, analysts can't describe where he is because it's just a plain wall. You know, like, uh, your face should almost be pix- pixelated with the voice like, hello, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you should I'm sound like, like Bane. Okay. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm downrange. So a little, downrange. a little bit of sand out here. A little bit of sand. He's, he's in the basement. Um. Yes, Bob. Welcome. Finally, we're we're sure. we're happy that you're here. I'm happy. I'm glad. Good to be here. We Thanks, just guys. we just gave a recap of how we know you, or how I know you, um, before we brought you on. Um, but let's get right into sports with John. It is time before we get to the NBA Finals, which is what everyone is over talking about. Like they yeah. are. I swear, it's like they they ask the writers ask the their kids, what the topic is on the playground. Who's the best now, Jimmy? LeBron or Durant? Who's the best? Well, Durant won last night, so he's the best now, Daddy. That's like what I hear. Yeah. Jordan didn't imagine. quit in the fourth. Yeah, in the fourth, like LeBron's been given up. Oh, my gosh. The NBA memes. Right. I mean, the, the amount of like uh, banter and, and, and memes dedicated to uh, is LeBron as good as Jordan or Kobe and all that stuff. I mean, I think I see like ten a day, and I'm not even friends with like a lot of basketball fans. Right. Um, but it's just it's all over the place. I know. Well. Um, but I get it. I guess if you're in the conversation, then hey, you're in the conversation. Hey, Nobody else really has been. But before I get to the NBA Finals, I had to mention Sharice Wright. He is, I believe, a rookie for the Buffalo Bills, who spent nine hundred and thirty-two dollars on an Uber ride from Chicago to Buffalo. <laughs> That true? Whoa, Bob! Did you hear? Have you heard about this? I have not heard about this, but uh, that from Chicago to Buffalo for nine hundred thirty-two dollars. I mean, maybe you know that's on par with a flight, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. True. Probably. That's right. That sounds about right. That's pretty dedicated, though, right? That's uh, that's dedication. I think. Uh, yeah. I mean, what what was the purpose of the trip? He was going to Chicago, from Chicago to Buffalo for voluntary OTAs. Three-hour trip. Oh, from Chicago to Buffalo. So Buffalo Bills, wow. Yeah. Ooh. I'm not sure I'd want to leave Chicago to go to Buffalo. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I don't know if uh, – yeah, not really a big thing. It's like, hey, do you want to leave um, South Beach? Where are you going? We're heading up to Grand Rapids. <laughs> yeah. No. Grand Rapids – is that is that near Jupiter? No, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, yes. I'm enjoying the beautiful Outer Banks. Hey, would you like to go to the Jersey Shore? Can we, can we curse on this? What? <laughs> What's that, Bob? Are we allowed to curse on this? Yeah, do whatever you want. Fuck yeah, yes. of course. Cock balls. Oh. All right. Next. Duty. So Diana. the uh, the driver of the Uber thought the guy meant Buffalo Wild Wings, and he like drove into the parking lot, and the guy's like, "Nah, man, Buffalo, like the the city." What the city? <laughs> Pack your bags, sir. The city. Did he not know how far it was? Was he that dumb where he's like, yeah, but it's probably like three hours. Yeah, three hours. And uh, Really? That's it? Tip, no. I know, yeah. From it, it's I guess like, it makes sense because it's on the tip of the, the Great Lakes there. It's up there in the weirdo states. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, he tipped them three hundo. Wow. I'd say it's pretty good, you know, $1,293. Yeah. I'll take not those out. Not too odds. shabby. You're getting OTAs. You're making an appearance. You got a great story to follow. 
Hey, welcome to the Buffalo Bills, sir. Sounds Hi. like a good plan. Seems like a dedicated it's a, guy. It's a positive headline in the news, you know? Yeah. And then you're going to a losing football program. Yep. <laughs> That's it. That's the best it's going to get. You're not going to be scoring touchdowns. You're going to be scoring, you know. You know, at, above 40 miles per hour in the, in the, in the passing zone. That's, that's as, as uh, fast as you're going to get. What position does this young man play? I don't know. I, I tried to oh, figure that out. Right. I wasn't really – I was more interested I just want to see in, if we perhaps maybe seeing him on, uh, you know, red zone or, you know. Right. Um, yeah. But, a, a, a hey, it's a great commercial. Sharice Wright. That's his name. Um, I, I was more interested in the driver's name. Uh, yeah. I'm going to try to say it here in one breath. I took the worst Uber driver in the world last weekend, and I still gave him a good review because I, I felt bad for the guy. Oh. But oh, it was no. this Indian guy, which already raises a bunch of red flags. Down. No, I'm kidding. So he, <laughs> he gets in the car. I get in the car, and it was, it was literally a 1.2-mile a, a drive. And <clears throat> I couldn't walk at that point, but anything above a mile, this fat ass is getting in. So I was, like, I was, I was like sweaty. Right, yeah, 0.9. It's like 50 miles per hour is my, my, my uh, cutoff where you can still drive home that night. Like, otherwise, you need to get a hotel room. But 50 miles, I can do back and forth like two or three times a day. I have no problem. But after that, it's fine. So I get in this Uber, Uber car, and he's like, uh, you know, he's talking. And I'm, I'm actually asking him, like, you know, do you get a lot of good reviews? And he's like, yeah, but once in a while, you don't. And as he's talking, um, he cuts over a lane almost hits an old woman who called him an asshole and then called me an asshole because I was up front. And I just had to do the ah, ah, ah finger just to diffuse. Very bad, man. Almost hits a black lady who was all like, you know, you better get off my shit. So he misses the turn for the street and ends up on the freeway. This is like maybe a $20 trip at this point and it's like 20 minutes out of the way. And he's like, please don't give me bad review. I refund money. And I was like, oh, no, I feel bad. And at this point, I'm like, I don't want to upset him. Uh, Maybe he'll like suicide me, but suicide. Uh, but it was so bad. What and kind everything of everything he did was wrong. What, what nationality? He was he was a, a man from India. I would say the dialect was Mumbai. <laughs> you might know it's Bombay. I can imagine the black lady when she almost I can't got back hit. That Watch up. yourself, Osama. Yeah. <laughs> Watch yourself. <laughs> yeah. So it was wild, but the uh, the Uber driver for this guy, Sharice Rice, got to be famous now. He's got to be like the coolest guy in Uber. Hadi. They have some bad press. Hadi Obdalahayan. Nope, I probably there's, did that wrong. Yep, there's a no-fly list name if you ever heard it. That's when I'm starting to hit the deck and looking for the bomb vest. Yeah, exactly. There's a there's a yeah. no-fly list. Of there's it. some ball bearings that are gonna be coming out of that thing. There's some, yeah, watch out for that. That's a that's that's a bad one. It's like in uh, Naked Gun 33 and a third. Ah, forget it. Forget it. Forget it. Ah, forget it. No, it's good. What the devil he wanted. Oh, man. So Warriors, what else is going on, man? Warriors are one game away from winning the rubber match of the last three NBA finals and being the first team ever to go undefeated in the NBA playoffs. One game away. They play tomorrow. I in, think they deserve it. In the land. Where? Where, where do they play? In the land. Cleveland. Cleveland. Yes. Mm. I know. Yes. Uh, they played in Cleveland last night. Um, but so I was at the Parrot last Saturday. Oh, a great location, with, South Florida. Lots of yingling. Pete Casanelli. Uh, Lots of black and tans. And it was prior to Game One. Mm -hmm. Actually, Pete brought Corona Light. Uh, cool. 
Corona light cans to the beach, like a 12 pack. What an offensive man. To the beach? <laughs> yeah. And I brought uh, Rolling Rock Pounders, or maybe they were like 18 ounce, like Wise cans. choice. Four pack. <laughs> well, you guys are ready to do some work. Green We're ready grenades. to go to town. Um, and across the bar was a man, well, a person, wearing a Browns shirt. So I, uh, I returned from the bathroom at some point, and Pete had obviously been talking to this guy, and you know, I settled back into my bar stool. And Pete turns to me and asks, like while he's like nodding to the Browns fan, so John, what do you think? Finals? What's your, what's your pick? And I go, I put my hands up like this, and I go, they're going to sweep them. Like, no one can beat the Warriors. And we are one game away from that happening, and I'm going to go back to the Parrot every day until I see that guy wearing the Browns shirt. <laughs> Sir, we're not open for another, for another eight hours. It's six in the morning. Looking for a Browns fan. Because they were all. Unfortunately, like, oh. that guy uh, walked out into the ocean and was never seen again. Yeah, that man was eaten by a shark. Yeah. Yeah, his, his ta- he was born with a tail, when most likely. That, they, they all flipped out. They all went crazy. I was like, I'm sorry, you just can't beat this team. I always um, love when the sports guys. Uh, well, I mean, I'm a sports guy, but like, you have a fan that's kind of out of their element, but they get really into it and start quoting facts from like 20 years ago. I was at like a bar once, and I. Might have been an Eagles game, and I was like, they were doing really good, and I wasn't starting shit or anything, but they were, yeah, yeah people get drunk, and they're like, uh, yeah, well, remember, don't forget, oh. back in uh, in '84 when oh. they did that, I was like, yeah, I don't remember because I was three. Oh. Gross. I don't. I, I was think, three. That dude, doesn't it's, matter. It's worse when someone, the, a fan of like another team, is misquoting their own history, and you just as a football yes. fan know they are. You're like, no, no John Elway. Didn't win three championships. No, that didn't happen. No, I want to uh, place your head in this door jam and close it repeatedly. Hard. Yes. Yeah, I wanted to keep hitting you, know you until you, your, your brains are mush. <laughs> I remember a fan once called me out Shit when the Phillies were playing the Dodgers before they ended up going to the World Series that year. Uh, the and uh, they were big Shit. Dodgers fans. And they're, and uh, they're like, yeah, well, or no, it was the year after. And uh, they put the Yankees. And they're like, yeah, yeah. the Dodgers are going to win. And I'm like, ha-ha. But, you know, I was like, whatever, sure, maybe the Phillies will. And then they were so bitter that the Phillies won. No one knows. And I was like, yeah, well, it was a good, good, Dodgers put up a fight, Manny Ramirez. Like, it was a good run. And they're like, yeah, well, they're not going to beat the Yankees. I was like, yeah, but your team lost. You're already, you're done talking. Yeah. You're out of the conversation yeah. for the rest of the season. Yeah, go away. We don't need you anymore. Go away. Your contribution go, go, is not necessary. Go put a purpose to your life and get me a Fanta, please. Needed. Exactly. Orange Fanta. <laughs> Last night I, uh. So last night's game three was insane. Uh, I lost power for about five hours. Bob, yeah. as you know, and Clark, as you showed me on, in the news that you saw, Florida I was, was just pummeled with rain. Yeah. The most yeah, rain, underwater. the most rain I've <laughs> seen since I've lived here uh, for like four days straight. Not just like rain, but pouring down rain nonstop. I thought Torrential. Noah's Ark, Noah's Ark Part Two, the Great Flood was upon us. That's wild. Yeah, they were, you guys were getting pounded. I saw the news. It was like, uh, and then you put a post this morning saying it stopped raining, and I immediately thought of Forrest Gump. I saw that. Yeah, did you see that? And one day it stopped raining. <laughs> well, it was a beautiful sky, though, John. Yeah, right. Beautiful sky in the picture. It was very, very nice. But, oh, uh, it, was, it was. Yeah. Is it, is it raining right now? I'm not sure. I mm. don't it's think raining so. Then. 
but it's supposed to again. <laughs> yes, Boyd. hopefully it will be rating me. But amazingly, my DVR, Boyd. even though it, the power was out during the game, my DVR recorded the whole thing. Still clicked it in. So oh my god! Are we allowed yes. to say that? You can say anything you want, sir. You're Bob. Heather's brother and I stayed up. We fast-forwarded to the last 30 seconds of each quarter. And uh, it's the best way to watch a basketball game, by the way. Last 30 seconds of each quarter. I get that. And the best way to do it is how I do it is, which I don't watch. I just uh, listen to you guys. And That's the way to do it. Where I see fit. It's the way yeah. to do it. It's the way to do it. I, I can't watch it. One time I uh, it is a brother I usually, sport. I don't sit and watch it unless you know there's like a group of people with me and we're drinking. But like if I have like chores to do, if I have house chores, I like Jeez. having it on in the background and just kind of catching the score here and there. Jonathan, if some cold, close the fold. <laughs> Babe, can you clean the gristle out of the grill? Why, Heather, why are you even worried about that? You're not going out tonight. Yes, I. No, I'm not. You're right. I, I'm not going out tonight. I just picture Heather having a, a Lorraine Bracco accent from Goodfellas, Bob, at all times. So where she's always just yelling, even though she's a sweet girl. <laughs> so John will be like, hey, sweetie, I got you some flowers. And just be like, you know, I can't keep taking care of kids without your mother here. And it's like, none of, none of that makes sense. Yeah. You're not going out without your car keys. No, I'm, I'm not going out. I'm not. Yeah, that's the exact type of woman that I would marry. I would just think it'd be funny. Like that. Not at all. I just want her to always be yelling at you in that voice, and you're always grilling, and like, but it still works, you know. So for like eight hours a day, she's like, "Jan, babe, there's a roach in here," and you're like, "I just put on the, you know, I just put on the briskets, <laughs> your Jewish briskets, and I'm gonna burn them. Don't but, burn them too much. The oysters are coming. But just put on your damn locks. The why I'm gonna burn them, Heather. I'm gonna burn them, Heather. I'm gonna burn. I start They're talking that way. The Weisenbergers are coming over tonight, and he's got a sore stomach. Don't cook anything that upset him. He's got an ulcer, John. <laughs> he's not invited anymore. Get him and John's wife is nothing like that at all. Get Which him is funny. Out. Yeah. She's it very sweet. Funny to think about, though. She's very tiny and sweet. But the result was magnificent in that the Warriors had the lead the entire game. <laughs> they blew it in the third. At the beginning of the fourth quarter, the Cavs had a one-point lead. At yeah. one point, they were up by 10, but with less than 45 seconds to go, Durant brings the ball up, Warriors yeah. down by two, right in LeBron's mouth, he drains a three-pointer to give the Warriors a one-point lead with 30 seconds remaining. It's amazing. Oh, my gosh. Next, it's really, next truly possession, amazing. LeBron brings up the ball. Drives the lane, kicks the ball out to a wide-open Kyle Korver, who clanks the shit out of a three. Draymond Green with the rebound, and the game is over. The, the <laughs> Cavs, <laughs> dude, the Cavs took the lead in the fourth. The crowd's going nuts. Then all of a sudden, Durant nails a three, and they have the lead by one. It was dead, <laughs> silent, lights out. Oh, gosh. It's wild. Died in here. What a game. It was great. It was great. It was tremendous. Nobody does it. Nobody does great things like Durant and the Warriors. They did wonderful things. LeBron couldn't get the job done. They got it done. It's sad. Bear for war, confifi. <laughs> you guys, uh, I was thinking we could confefe. I think I think the cool thing said confetti. You do a much better Trump than I do. Oh, uh, let me hear your Trump. No, I, I, I'm, I'm still trying to learn. 
Well, the Cavaliers are going to be, uh, they're not that big and successful. Uh, That's it's good. It's good and beautiful. <laughs> I talk like a fifth grader, <laughs> had a bad English teacher. It's great. Well, no. I like I like to listen to Trump when I eat for some reason. I can't describe it, but what? like I, it's almost like I'm sitting at his table and he's like, "Here's what we're gonna do, Matt. Just can you pass that salt, please? The the, the pepperoni, yes. yeah, the slice. Actually, give me both of them. Give me the fries too. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna do great things. I'm gonna I need a napkin. You want another beer? Sweet. Uh, okay. The beers are good. So I'm gonna take care of this. Leg, if you put the chicken leg in this barbecue sauce, it's tremendous, Matt. Put it's it. Tremendous. Pull it out. Like I feel like we've been drinking. I feel like him and I have been having a couple of beers, and then we switched to NyQuil, and then, uh, you know, we're just really <laughs> yeah. getting loose. And then we start sending some tweets. Yeah, let's start tweeting. Tweets! Tweet them! So you guys uh, take a quick commercial break and come back fresh with the Paris Accord. Does that sound appropriate? I love that hat, too. 88. There he is. Legend. Penguins lead the Predators 6-0 with 448 in the third. <laughs> is that a real score? Dick thrust. <laughs> that is yeah. deep and straight Jeez. up. Wow. Six to nothing? Is that an accurate score? It sounds like a Jets-Bills game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, field goals! Yeah, two yeah. field goals. Yeah. I love when you see a score like 17 to 15, and you're like, Okay. And you know, if you okay. see an NFL game, that's a shitty football game right there. Oh, yes. yeah. I'm glad I didn't watch that one. Yeah. yeah. Or when you see my Sunday on that. That's the worst. You you waste you, you invest like three hours and then the third okay. quarter the score is like three nothing. Oh, I hate those Eagles games. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> those oh, Buccaneers games. Forever the do- every Dolphins game was like that. It was just oh, yeah, it was terrible. Goal. It was terrible watching that down field there. Field goal. Where was Pete Stoyanovich when you needed And what uh, Sperano Sperano was fist pumping at every field goal. Like it yeah. was like you Super Bowl. Like it was yeah. a touchdown or a safety. Or a Trump rally. <laughs> a fist pump. Real quick rundown in the National League. Nationals, Brewers, no, we and had Rockies. <laughs> and in the fake league, Yankees, Twins, and Astros. Astros. Astros and hey, so it looks like that uh, Yankees-Red Sox uh, thing has revived a little bit. Those teams are one and two in that division. Yes. Yeah. No, I was thinking about that tonight before the show. I was watching the game on my on my uh, Roku, my Roku, uh, and I was like, "Damn it, the fucking Yankees are good again!" And I'm sorry, but it's good for baseball, especially yeah. if the yeah. Phillies suck. It is. <laughs> it's good for the sport. It's good to bring in money and revive like an interest and them. everybody either loves or hates the Yankees, and they certainly have a lot of fans. They're arguably the best team in any sport ever. So when they're doing good, it's it's really good for everybody in the sense that you're bringing more attention, more polarizer. pressure. Polarizing. Absolutely. Polarizing. Polarizing. So, yeah, uh, it's great. A quick break, a quick uh, refill the juicers break, and quick then break. we come back for the little... Uh, a little, a little pari. Gay pari. And we, and, and we must, and Clark, make sure you cue up the, uh, oh, wait, wait. the break music. We oui, wee. Oui. So they, they told me I could have as much of the uh, mama's ass tears as I choose. All right, young man. You, uh, all right, do I just read the, uh, the copy right here? Just read this copy. All right, right now you're listening to the podcastles, uh, Nerd 35. This is uh, Harris Thompson, uh, my good man. And 
But here's what happened last week. Heather and I trying to get rid of all this furniture, and she's like, oh, can you sell it on eBay? And I'm like, oh, that means I have to, like, text someone, and they text me, and then I have to set up a time, and then I have to be there for them, Ugh. and they have to help them move it. And they flake off. They're like, oh, right. Make. What if they fail on you, and it gets complicated? And you're stuck in, like, a, a Home Depot parking lot with, like, a couch with a cup stain on it. Should have. I'm just gonna watch that once a day. The Kamala versus Undertaker match. Honey, what are you doing? Uh, rewinding this now. <laughs> the first under no, the first casket match, SummerSlam '92. Might be my top three favorite. <sighs> Macho King one. versus Ric Flair is probably my number one favorite because at the time I watched it, I was really into the King. Macho Man. Macho Man. He was Macho King. Right. And then became Macho Man. Well, he was man, then king, then man again. Then man again. He was a king, but then he got dethroned. Right. Ultimate Warrior beat him in the retirement match. But ultimately, Ultimate Warrior ended up retiring, and Macho Man got reinstated. Because he was an announcer. And he snapped into a Slim Jim. I had a Macho Man Slim Jim ad. Uh, Like, you you know when he was in the Slim Jim commercials in the 90s? Yeah, and some store like gave it to my mom because I was a big fan, like some promotion, you know, that oh, they just nice. were gonna throw out. And it was this cool, like he was in like the yellow and orange cowboy hat, you know, with the yeah, the dangly yeah. tassels. The tassels I gotta see if I still have that somewhere. It was so cool. Oh yeah, take it. I am gonna throw everyone over the top room. I wonder how much money he got out of it. Oh, yeah. I don't know. A lot, probably. He got a lot of mileage out of it. Yeah, yeah they used his voice. After after they stopped airing TV commercials, they, they still used his voice on the radio. Yes, that's right. I remember hearing the man's voice. Uh. Ooh. Squared up. So we're back with Bob. We're excited to thankfully have you on the show. I see you're rocking a, an Eagles cap now. Yeah, yeah. Switching them out. And I really want switch. You got to switch them out. You got to rotate them out like sheriffs at a trial. And uh, a weird reference. But I wanted to talk about this a little bit because I I know you're you're a really smart man. And um, you and I seem to go to agree on a lot of things. Um, Slim Jims aren't one of them. I bathe in them and you think that's unsanitary for some reason. I love Slim Jims. And uh, so that's great. And uh, I want to talk about the Paris Accord because, as you know, two weeks ago, Trump withdrew the U.S.'s uh, uh, involvement on that. And that only goes with three other countries that have not signed this, Uh, even companies like ExxonMobil want to think it's a bad idea to sign out. Disney, um, uh, Google, Facebook, Um, North Korea, the country that wants to blow up the world, uh, thinks we should still save it and be involved in this. I mean it's 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 an over – Overall, anon- uh, almost anonymous um, 
part of the population that thinks this is a bad idea to withdraw. And I really just wanted to get your thoughts on this because, as you know, and maybe some other listeners don't know, it goes a lot deeper than preventing climate change. There's all kinds of implications tied up with this. And I wanted to – we just got really deep really quick. We are talking about Slim Jims. Now I'm like, the end of the world. What are you going to do, Bob? Yeah, can it's we go it. back to the macho man? Yeah, can we um, do it? I didn't sign up for this. My favorite match. I'm just kidding. No. <clears throat> no, you're right. Uh, this 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 goes way deeper than just climate change. This is an international conglomerate of nations that really it was the first real push internationally to affect climate change, and it's not perfect. It really doesn't have that much teeth, and it and it's it's an agreement. It's not a it's there's nothing binding about it. So us pulling out of it. Uh, in terms of the climate, doesn't have a whole lot of effect because we're already doing a bunch of those things. But in terms of our right. international agreements and our international relationships, I mean, the Department of Defense of this country uh, supported this agreement. So that that's a big one for me. And, and, right. And I really feel like that that us pulling out of that leaves a lot of these countries flapping in the breeze that we could have probably, instead of pulling out, maybe we could have renegotiated while staying in and, and made it better. That's what you know? I think they should have done, 100%. They should have renegotiated and been like, look, we can do this, this, and this, but maybe we can tailor this. And I think they would have, we would have gotten that. Um, mm-hmm. The thing that worries me a lot, too, is it's, it's another step towards being, I mean, it's, it's a long way away, but uh, an isolationist country where, okay, so if we're pulling out of this, maybe countries in the future will be reluctant to go into agreement with us because they're like, well, they pull out of this and they're kind of wavering. Uh, it signifies, it signals kind of um, an isolationist move. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially with, you know, you know, we have a change in power every four to eight years with our president, but we've always had sort of a constant, uh, a constant level of uh, appreciation for our allies. Yes. And this is where I really get concerned about our current, presidency and and where we're going with this. I don't feel like that this current presidency took into account our allies and and what we're what potentially what could happen overseas. You look what's happening in London right now. They've had two oh. terrorist attacks in the last 2 weeks. Uh, uh nothing big, nothing massive 9/11. Right. But th- this this eventually is going to come to us as yep. well. Absolutely. And we're going to need some international help and how willing are they going to be to to assist us when we've left them flapping in the breeze yeah. uh, with, this, with this environmental accord? That's a great point. You're looking at this environmental accord and pulling out of it, and then, you know, God forbid, and it's not an if, it's a when something like that happens here. Um, you know, you're going to rely on some international allies to help, you know, solidify, uh, um, you know, unity with between nations and, and fight this problem, this terrorist problem, and. Uh, that's what I'm afraid of. It'll be a real, little reluctant. Like, well, they can't even stick to this. So it's why like you won't help us save the world, but you want us to help save you? Nah. How does that work? Exactly. Nah. It's like letting your buddy use your car, and he turns it back without a gas, and you're like, "I am not going to let you use it next time." So <laughs> I mean, it's completely different than that. Is there an, a we reason? Are, we are currently, you know, this national, you know, w- with this, and. I really hope, you know, I don't agree with Trump, but I really hope he does a great job because it would benefit us all. We all should. We should all want our presidents to do a great job. 
But if you're going to abandon an international coalition and adopt a nationalistic policy, I mean, that's that's short sighted and it's it's not going to work. We're going to have another 9-11. It's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Something's going to happen. The the, the, the cards are in the making. There's there's already crazies out there always plotting every day. And when you're talking about um, Trump, I mean, look, I don't agree with with. Actually, most of what what he says, I feel like he has a lot of bad people around him telling him what to do. And because he's not a politician and he has no experience, he kind of rolls with it and does what he wants and, you know, panders to his his, his base. That's the appeal. That's the appeal. That's the appeal. That's what he's got to do. But there's got to be a time where he's like, well, we got to start doing some things and just try these out. And you'll find out that it'll be a lot better for him because nobody wants him to do uh, a better job more than like, you know. A good American. You want your pre- you don't want your president to fail. You're in it with him. You're in the same boat. You might not like your captain, but you're on the ship, and you got it. You want everyone to do well so you can go home. Yeah, and right now. I just don't want good. him to rock. This is the good boat. beer, isn't it? I don't want him to rock the boat too much. Um, I would like to just coast these next four years, or maybe less, and then just move on because I feel like right. in so many things, yes, we were moving in a good direction. It's like, oh man. Like you said, Bob, it didn't have any teeth, disagreement, but whatever. It's like a step, for God's sakes. Let's take a step and get this, like, get something going here, everybody. Let's do it. Yeah. You know? And we got some skin he, in the game. Is there There's... a reason? That is, is a reason? Did he tweet a reason why he pulled out, other than that he, he supports Pittsburgh and not Paris, which is idiotic because <laughs> I hate Pittsburgh? There's more green jobs in Pittsburgh than coal anyway. What I think this comes down to is this is uh, this is a Trump half-baked campaign promise. This is what he campaigned on, and he's right now with the cloud of the, the Russian investigation over top of him. He's having a very hard time of of completing anything, of moving anything forward. So wow. this was an easy thing that he could do that would show his constituency, his base. You know, probably about. 28 to 31 percent of America that he is doing the bidding that right. they elected him for. Right. So, so he's going to do that and and try to move it forward. But it's it wasn't very well thought out. You know what? Let's let's stay in the agreement. We got skin in the game. What? Yes. And and, and I heard I heard, you know, he's getting out of it to, OK, let's renegotiate it. Why not renegotiate it within the agreement? Why do you have to get out of it? Right. Yes. He's such a good deal maker. Maybe amend things. There's no framework for with that. Right. Like uh, he's such a good. Right. Even LeBron James does that every year. He stays in his contract and there's an option to change it. So yeah. you don't break the contract. And if you're such a good deal maker, you know, rather than just I'm just going to pull out and walk away all together. Let's let's make a deal and let's do something that that benefits both of us. And I feel like the whole implication that the agreement's going to hurt jobs and all that is, you know, it's all bullshit. It's all Steve Bannon flapping in his ear. But what are we going to do when, you know, he starts pulling out of more things because of bad advice? I mean, um, he said he's going to surround himself with really intelligent people. But, uh, you know, I mean, George Bush surrounded himself with intelligent people. He had Condoleezza Rice. He had Colin Powell. He had uh, some of the smartest people you could put together. I am wishing for them right now. Oh, I would would campaign for Romney right now if that were the case. Um, Mitt. I just feel like, yeah, I need to take a step back and stop being so crazy. I believe but, and this is a strong charge statement, but he has some early stage of like dementia or Alzheimer's. Mm. I mean, he's a seventy-year-old guy. 
Look at the way he dresses. The things he does is just outrageous. Stop tweeting. I think he's a 70-year-old man who's very set in his ways, who is basically yeah. emotionally on a fifth-grade level. Yes. Uh, he's the bully next to the oak tree. You're right. Challenging exactly. people to fight him. Having yes. a tantrum when things he don't go his way. He is Biff Tannen. He is Biff Tannen. And he doesn't know his history. It's not good. <laughs> like, I heard his son... No. Sometimes go over morning fly. Sometimes I listen to uh, sometimes I listen to Republican radio just for yeah. for material, just to hear how silly they interpret things. Yeah. And after what's his Comey today? Comey uh, the homie. Trump's kid, Trump's son was on this show, this Republican radio, this Fox News radio. I can't yeah, remember Eric. who it is. Mm-hmm. And he's like, You could hear it. Smart people could tell that he's lying. He's making it up. This is false. It's fake news. Smart people know it, and and they they've seen it out there. It's out there. It sounds it's just a, like his dad. Yeah, he does. He's got that like slurp thing going on. Yeah, like he just slurped up. He other. just slurped an oyster, and he's talking like, uh, "Now we're gonna do great things." Good. Uh, all <laughs> the words great. just kind of blend in together. They don't separate right. anyway. Ugh. Great stuff. My dad's amazing, and everybody loves him. What are they gonna do? It's a witch Comey hunt. Is, a witch hunt. Comey is one of the most upstanding FBI directors they probably are, have ever had. Next to Mueller, who is going to be doing the independent investigation on the Trump collusion with Russia. Yes, and, Robert uh, Mueller. So Mueller, I mean, it, it's just a great uh, – it's a, it, it's a great uh, – yes. It, it does it, – It's good there. It does but, good baton pass. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. With Comey today, though, it's – he just showed that Trump is what he is. He's a used car salesman. Right. You know? The guy wasn't even successful in business. You you take a you take a, almost a billion dollar loss in business, and you're a successful businessman. Yeah. Uh, you should be I fired. Think, I don't care about your damn tax returns. Right. I just look at that. Yeah, yeah, look at the model. Nobody's ever come forward and been like, you know what? I worked with Donald Trump in business, and he's done great things for me, and he really taught me a lot, and we're very successful. I've been excellent. Yeah, right. it's never happened. No. And He's I would love for mentor. He only serves himself. And the best thing Trump could have done in this whole situation, and I'm sorry to hijack, I've hijacked your entire no, show. Please. Oh, please. Terrible. Up. No. The it's best crazy. thing that Trump could have done in this situation, instead of making about him and the Russian investigation on him and, and Flynn, is saying, you know what? I don't want, in the next in the next election in 2020, I don't want the Russians to be able to influence that. I want to know, you know, I want to have a meeting with Comey on Valentine's Day, we can have a romantic dinner. Uh, yes, hot oil and sense of magic candles. kingdom. And and Comey, what uh, what can we do to prevent this from happening in 2020? Instead yeah. of you know, how can I protect myself? Let's kill this. Let's kill that. You know, stop. You know, he's a he's a he's, he's selfish. A it's, he yeah. only cares about himself. And That's as it. and as a president and as an American, anyone that um, you know, immediately his response is, "Let me let me defend myself and get me out of this." You need to be very worried and upset and, and quite frankly pissed off that the Russians, you know, the fucking enemies of the Cold War, are, ha, might have tampered with the U.S. democratic process. And for any – and I'm sorry. I have family members and friends that have voted for Trump. But look, if, you're, if you were – your whole platform was complaining about Hillary's emails and you think she was the less, he was the lesser of two evils, you need to apologize right now because this is what you have. You have a potential tampering of the democratic process by Russia. That's horrible. Oh, she was horrible. a bad candidate too. I, I blame Cyber. her just as much. 
for Trump's victory as so Trump do I. Supposed, she was the know, wrong choice. Now. She lost was, in 2008 to Obama. I was very shocked when she was thrown back in. I, I, I know why he didn't do it, but I, I think if Joe Biden ran, he would have won. I really do. Oh, Joe I think Biden's she was a bad choice. I was never a fan of Hillary. He might run in 2020. Could you imagine that? 80 year old would... Joe Biden in the White House? Holy yes. shit. Hell, he'd be like cracking whips, walking around in his boxers. Unless, <laughs> unless the Clark slash Bob ticket goes on the on the on the the ballot in 2020. That's right. There we go. That's That's right. that. that would be a disaster with me, campaign. not for you. I'd be like, John is Secretary of the Navy. And they're like, Biscardi, Secretary of the Radio. That's not a position. I created it. We're at a deficit, sir. I need chopsticks. <laughs> I, got a, I got a couple guys who like to hand out some positions, too. So Yeah, yeah. Just keep, it, it'd be bad. Yeah, yeah, it'd be terrible. at the best. But you're absolutely right about the whole Trump thing. It's really interesting to see, and I really hope he turns out to be like the best president we ever had. Unlikely. But yeah. I would love to see him do some great things where you're like, all right, he was just pandering to his base, and now he's ready to, like, get down. And his but kid, in closing. His kid, hold closing. on, Bob. His kid, uh, he was like, he's like, you know what? And and did you notice the Dow today? It's an all-time high. Oh, the Dow sure. is the highest it's been in in in, no, it's in history. In history, it's the highest. We're go the richest country on the penis. planet again. <laughs> the stock ticker. Just go rub your yeah. penis all over the stock ticker. You might as well call it the Nasdaq. Nothing to do with it. The Nasdaq. So, Nasdaq. That's so ridiculous. That, that is such like you know you just need to. You know, it's such a bait and switch. Right. Yeah. yeah. Come it's on. Such a redirect. It is queer as bait and switch. <laughs> but what what happened here? I don't think. You know, when it comes down to it, and this is just my humble opinion, when the when when the investigation is over by Robert Mueller, who will do a really good investigation for I love him. director before uh, Comey, uh, they will find that Trump did not have any collusion with the Russian officials. His underlings may have had, but he yeah. probably did not, and they're not going to be able to prove it if he did. He may have, but he, he they're not yeah. going to be able to prove it. There, there was what not the Russians were doing. They were trying to knock – they knew Hillary was going to get elected, so they were trying to knock Hillary down and weaken her on the international stage. That's it. That's all yeah. they were doing with the, with the Podesta emails, everything. I so, believe you. Yeah, I don't think there's a smoking gun in this uh, no. that's going to he, do that. He's going to have to step in it somewhere else. And look, yeah, exactly. And, I, and look, I don't want it to. I don't, I don't, I, that would be a very yeah. big embarrassment in history to be like, oh, the Russians fixed the election. No, we're better than that. You know, we're, yeah. we're, we're, our, our technology is more advanced that, than, that would be than like, Russia. That would be like them pantsing us in the schoolyard in front of the girls and then stepping on our on our underwear and pushing right, us down. Yeah. yeah, we don't need any of that. It's like, ha-ha, America, we still, we still most power. And yeah. Strotsky, the comrade, and, and Putin's been the president or prime minister for like 14 years, I think. King. It's, I feel like he just yes. keeps changing positions and running it. Yeah, he's just uh, puppet he's an old my... KGB guy. He's a thug. That's a banana it. republic. Thug. And he's now that thug. I've said that on this podcast, uh, I will not see you guys uh, for the, for, forever. I'm just going to disappear. No, <laughs> never. No, so come on. Russia. Well, he's, gonna... he's a puss. No, come on. Bring us out down to Crenshaw, motherfucker. I've seen him shirtless. I can take him. Yeah, you can definitely take him. Yeah, he's no, got I would slap weenie. him open-handed, and he would I'd cry. S- 
on his head. I'd kick his horse while he's on it. He looks like no, a turtle with skivvy. The, uh, the open uh, microphone here on that. And I really think the Russians didn't think Trump was going to win because really, if Trump was going to win, did you really want a secretary of defense that's named Mad Dog Mattis? Absolutely not. He was going to fuck your shit up. Can you imagine? He's going to send cruise missiles right up your ass. Right up your ass. I do like that we bombed Syria, though. I feel like we have a lot of great technology and warplanes that we should, like, kind of use more. I'm not saying I'm not advocating for war, but, like, let's do some more exercises. Let's use them. No, sir. I mean, hey, I love the Moab we dropped on that Al-Qaeda, on that Al-Qaeda conglomerate, that anthill we dropped in Afghanistan. The ant. It was fantastic. <laughs> that, that toy ant bug. Hey guys, fireworks. See ya. Do you think it's do you think it's better for the United States to have a, a very large, broad military as we do, or to focus that on smaller, more nimble, quick forces? Yeah, do I we think need we numbers? need a little bit of both. You can't. Yeah. You can't have one or the other. You need a little bit of both. You need Maybe to keep a drop seal team six in to uh, right. a hot landing zone when it's necessary, and you also need to be able to send 150 cruise missiles into uh, a city where uh, we have known terrorists hiding. Yeah, so, the tomahawks. And yeah. I remember I read that it's when they a great briefed, weapon system. I would imagine. Yeah. I can't. I I remember reading when when Trump. You know, when they launch the Tomahawk missiles to Syria, Trump goes, why using Tomahawks? Just use missiles. They're more effective. Tomahawks roll. They're from the 1800s. They're just Atlanta Braves. We don't need it. Send in missiles. And they were like, sir, oh, my gosh, what did we do? Why are they throwing the hatchets still? Why are they doing that? Why are they bring back the F-14s? Doing this thing on horseback still. But it's, it's really interesting to see it. And like John, when he was saying he was listening to Republic Radio, I try to read and listen to both, you know? I don't want to be like, no, no, uh, Huffington Post. Yeah. No. I like to listen to both and hear what both sides are saying. And uh, But the right, I mean, unilaterally on a lot of platforms, it's just disregarding the facts I and what's happening. I love watching them spin. And they got to stop. I mean, Same it's, story it's sad. Two different ways. So yeah, there, there's. I'll tell you, and there's no in, honor in terms of. Let's we'll close this out in terms of Trump with me. There's no but, honor. Yeah, yeah. There's no. I understand honor people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand why people voted for Trump. They want to change in the government. I understand that. That's fine. Yeah. But I don't understand why people are apologists for this guy. You know, you 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 can't make excellent points with, with, with what he's done. With, with what he has done. Excellent point. The people you know that what? That, stick up for him. That might be the best explanation I've heard. I, I get yeah. it. Obama didn't do his good job play, playing, uh, paying attention to, oh, to, he, the, to the white guy. To the white guy. You know, to the regular guy. You, you kind of looked over them to a, to a, to a larger degree. You, you taxed them a little bit more than you should have to pay for for minorities <sighs> and other things like that. That's That happened. So I get why some people did vote for Trump. But exactly what you just said, the apologists, uh, you can't really back that up. When someone sticks up for him, I'm like, yo, uh, you're not, he's, you're not agreeing with me, but it kind of sounds like you're almost disagreeing with me. You're, you know, it's it like, kind a of fake, like, like you might be a part of the Confederacy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, speaking of the Confederacy, because <laughs> uh, I know you don't talk about Trump. I had a cousin in town, Georgia, losers. two weeks ago. Stay with me. Uh, yep. And she just got married to a good old boy from Georgia. 
Mm. And we're and he's a nice guy, and I really like him. And we're talking. I'm a big history buff, so I was talking salt about of salt of the earth. Yeah, they just kill everything you put it in. And uh, but no, he he's great guy. And we we're talking about civil war. I was like, you know, there's a lot of history in Georgia. <laughs> you know, you get to see these battlefields, and he's like, yeah, well, you know, the war of northern aggression. Uh, there's a lot of fields. <laughs> Excuse me. So the what? Oh, you call it the civil war. We call it the war of northern aggression. I was like, oh my gosh, you're sleeping in here. You're sleeping in this room? The, the cross is in there? The Jesus well, let, water? Let me, the holy water? Mr. Clark, let me, is, this boy from, is this boy from Georgia? Oh, yeah. He's a good old boy. Like over Yeah. Over. Well, here's, here's the deal. This is what I've learned about living down south, being a Pennsylvania boy. Yeah. If you live down in Georgia, there was nothing civil about the yeah. Civil War. Oh, no. <laughs> That's how they work. Because uh, good old Mr. Sherman came down here and burned the whole motherfucker down. Oh, he did too. Yeah. Those fields, they would just pillage towns and just They broke their backs. General Sherman. Who's General Sherman? Oaks? Hero. William T. Sherman. He was a Civil War general, and uh, they would go in there. North? The North. And they do something called Sherman bow ties, where they take a railroad tie, they heat it over a fire, let it get all nice and orange in the middle, and then wrap it around a tree so the Confederates couldn't put it down to remake the railroad and repair the railroad. Oh, I didn't know that. What what a ruthless man. Yeah. That is nasty. They may have raped a few women and uh, killed a bunch of hogs. Yeah, like that scene in Glory with Montgomery, and he's like, uh, we need to set torches in this town. What's that? But those Sherman boats, they were called Sherman bow ties. Wow. I had no idea. That is great. What a badass. You're, you'd probably be a great guy to go drinking with late at night and hear what some a, stories about these good old boys. Uh, at first, I'm sure it's good, but after a while, it probably just gets annoying. Let's go no to Alpharetta. Way, Let's get some whiskeys. When, get Bob, some and I, when Bob and I have like a long drive, because uh, we've been on many long drives together, I'll just be like, hey, Bob, Emancipation Proclamation. What do you make of it? And then, like, that three-hour drive goes by like that. That's amazing. I could... Yeah, because he falls asleep. Bob, you need to have your oh, show all day long, 24 hours. You don't even eat anymore. You just have a tube hooked up. Nobody would listen. A diaper? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think I think a lot of people listen to that. that that's interesting stuff. Tell me about this guy Sherman, Bob. Where did he go in Georgia and, like, fuck shit up? Well, he started in the western part of Georgia in Dalton, came down and swept down through Atlanta. He stopped in front of Atlanta and shelled just – they set their artillery up and just shelled the shit out of Atlanta for like a month before he even went in. That's amazing. Uh, Just broke their backs and then went down all the way – there's – what's called Route 16 in Georgia that takes you all the way down from Atlanta to Savannah. Damn. And that's what—that's basically what Sherman did, and his army spread out probably about forty miles wide. Yeah, and burned and pillaged everything. Whoa! And some pretty, pretty horrible stuff. I mean, there it was probably like a it. raping. There was probably there was a lot of bad stuff. Going who on, who, on, man, on, uh, on totally on whose orders? Sure. Nobody's orders. This was just uh, you're letting a bunch of soldiers who have been uh, getting shot at and fighting people for four years. No go to way. town. Hey, this was like off the books. This was yeah. just like no, guys this was, uh, pillage. It was rogue. They were like pirates. Yeah, it doesn't excuse. And yeah, correct me if 
Correct um, me if I'm wrong, too. That but doesn't excuse it at all. No, yeah, right. When, when you have uh, Union soldiers during the Civil War torching towns and burning cotton fields, that was the equivalent to them if they were to, like, you know, burn factories down because the South, the North yes. had the industrial sector, and the South, they had the crops. And you're they're, killing they're, their infrastructure. You're killing the whole thing down. Yeah. Yep. And it Atlanta is. was the last thing. Atlanta was the last thing. You're, you're, you're ripping up the railroad. You're bending the rails around trees. And then but they, they had it coming, right? And breaking their back. They had it coming, though, right? I mean, yeah. They wouldn't kinda, listen. A little hey, bit. Slaves, listen. They had listen, had. rednecks. It's like when Germany, when everyone, you know, the Euro, Germany pretty much funds the whole Euro and in Europe, they're like, yeah, they, they kind of owe it a little bit to pay the for the country. The Civil War in America should have happened probably in 1802. Interesting take. Who was running the show? Yeah. Then? During John Adams' presidency. Yes. And Buchanan. He thought it was going to happen. Oh, that's he, right. He called it. He saw it coming. He called it. Oh, yeah. He definitely saw it coming. Because you're dealing with two so different factors. We were just factors. kicking the can down the road. Like, Very yeah. interesting. I think that's my... F- you can't ever call a war civil, and nobody has a favorite war. But as far as historical go, civil war is just amazing. I mean, we, we lost more people in Gettysburg than we did in like the Vietnam War. Uh, 54,000 men uh, went there and stayed there. It's incredible. <sighs> it's incredible. Um, I love the Civil War uh, you don't, history. You don't see that nowadays. And, and you don't see that at all. And it's just amazing to think this is a country. This is the United States. You know, a lot of times uh, there were relatives fighting each other. And yeah, and not just that, but I'm reading about I'm reading a, a really good book on Robert E. Lee, and Ooh, fascinating guy. Conf- yeah, he's really fascinating Brilliant. because he's torn between this North and South, and he ultimately obviously chose the South. But he's talking about the Confederate Army after they fight the Battle of Antietam. They ah Maryland ha- half of his army doesn't have any shoes, and it's November ah. in and oh Northern Virginia, gosh. and there's a blizzard. And they are marching with no shoes. I mean, like, just just imagine that. That's that's insane to think that uh, they were put through that, and and people lost legs, and there was amputations were common. And they still went and fought. Yeah. Fuck Fuck. that! I would have pieced out, snuck through the woods in the middle of our march. No way. And then he went up to Gettysburg. Ruined your podcast. No, this is awesome. I could do this all day. And then he went up to Gettysburg. And a lot of people think Gettysburg uh, was some significant spot, but it was just where the two armies met awesome. during his campaign uh, up north. They had to. They had to. Yeah. Yeah, oh. exactly. Uh, and that's a great place, too. Gettysburg. Oh, the north. Little yeah, Bighorn. Uh, came from the Big south, and the south came from the north. Yeah, it's really interesting. He was very aggressive during that. Yeah. Uh, well, too aggressive. Thankfully. Little, thankfully, a little too, a little too ambitious. Now, yeah. the Gettysburg Address, please excuse me, I had... Fucking horrendous history teachers. I thought you were going to say I had five beers. The Gettysburg Address is uh, Lincoln? Yes, in November of 1863. What does he, now, what does he Getty- say? Four score and seven years okay, ago. Okay, that's what I thought. All that good stuff. Wasn't sure but if that the, was another one. He made so many, it seems. The battle was fought in July of 1863, <laughs> and when Lincoln went there, you could still smell the stench. Yeah. I read that. When you think about a town of, I think it's just a little under a thousand people, Gettysburg was. Oh my god! You think about fifty-four thousand men getting killed there oh in July, god. in that summer, in July, in that yeah. humid sun heat of Pennsylvania in July. That place gonna stink for a while. Most haunted place in America. 
I love in the movie Lincoln when uh, the president is talking to the secretary of state and he's like, well, time certainly is a thickener of things. And he goes, yes, sir, it is, Mr. President. Actually, I have no idea what that means. And uh, Lincoln would say these kind of really deep things that went over a lot of people's heads because he was just so smart. That's what he would. Now, he was smart, but he was folksy, too. Yeah. Yeah. There were some things that people from Illinois would get that he he would get, you know, driving the riverboat up the Mississippi that – some other people. I didn't know that. Yeah, too. So. Oh, dude, you, you, sir, know your shit. I didn't, well I didn't even know that. I, I don't know anything. I no, you know <laughs> more than most, more than the ninety percent. That's I, I don't, I don't know anything. Now, uh, d- during the Civil War, welcome to the podcast, everybody. We've changed yeah. directions. How many people are tuning out right now? No, tuning in, man. <laughs> during the Civil War, they're but tuning we- uh, out. No, they're tuning up because guess what? Every history teacher, well, I would say, what do you think it is? Eight out of ten history teachers are bad. Would that be a good guess? I'm going to quote a, I'm gonna quote did you a, have a good history here, teachers, Bob? Like, did you have a good streak of history teachers that were good? Yeah, you probably had the best. Because, yeah. My senior year, I had the best guy mm. teaching. And it's the guy who actually... Uh, senior year? Uh, and this will get us on another topic here that... You know, we could we can make this podcast about four hours long. I would love to. Spread, uh, spread your legs. I mean, your wings. Yeah, cheeks. This was European AP history, and uh, this is when nine eleven happened. All right. But let's AP let's history. Take... Wait, that wait. European. What was not? What was when nine eleven happened? All right. Do we want to go? Do we want to? We want to hit on that one now. Wait. Somebody was teaching you about this part of history. AP. History. This is we were talking about uh, the French uh, United Kingdom War. I don't even know. I, okay. I suck at that history. I'm terrible at the uh, European history. Okay, lost. Retard. <laughs> Life goes on. The French. But what I happened? So you, there were, I, I missed that part. They, this during 9/11, you were taking this course. Yeah, well, this this was my senior year in high school, and we're sitting there, you know, listening, and this was a great teacher. And one of our audiovisual guys, audiovisual, visual, audiovisual guys, comes in and says, "Hey, uh, a plane just hit the World Trade Center." And I'm thinking, you know, like a Cessna or something, because if yeah, I don't know if you guys remember, two weeks, two weeks before that, there was a guy on like a like a a parachute thing that like got caught up in the Statue of Liberty like torch or something. Some yeah. fucking... Oh, yeah. Some Guggleheimer. Yeah. So I'm thinking like a Cessna, you know, oh, bounced off gang. the side of the building. Yeah, an accident. And, Google. Yeah. And, you know, 18-year-old yeah. kid really not processing anything except uh, pussy. Yeah. And of course. He puts the TV on and we see the second plane right as he puts the TV on we see the second plane go into the South Tower. Oh. And he loses his mind. What do yeah. you mean? Oh my god! Like, hey kids, this is this is all fucked up. This is all fucked up. We're going to fucking war. We're going <laughs> to fucking war. This is it. This is it. And he was right. No way. Yeah, he, he was, was absolutely like, right. Oh, He's my favorite. Go home. Buy bullets. Stock up on bullets. They're coming. And this is when he still had his wife was pregnant. And this is when we still had like flip phones. So he had a flip phone. On oh, yeah. Phone. And only like drug dealers had like flip phones right. back then. Remember? Right. You're right. The disposable phone so you can yeah. wipe, your, wipe your, your trail. 
So it was like he was like loose. Wild. I remember just like, oh my god, like seeing that, and then you know, I could, I, I don't want to Do take call? up too much of it. But no, by all means. I, I remember being in college and I was taking a history class at the time, and I wasn't in that class as the events unfolded, but the history segment was World War Two, and the guy was old school. He might have been, might have been like retiring soon. He was like in his seventies, professor, prof. And uh, he, the, the course changed from World War II. It was like the Pacific Theater. I know, I hate it too. Prof. I've actually never used that word before until now. And, uh, and it just changed to a uh, discussion uh, about you know, 9-11 and ramifications and all that. It was really interesting um, to hear that. You know? and, and that's the class you want to be in during that. You don't want to be in like, some math teacher with some dumb broad that's just like, I got to get home to Jeffrey. You, know? you want to be like with a guy that's just like, we're going to nuke those son of a bitches if McCarthy didn't have the balls to pull out. We would be, and you're like, all right, no more, calm down. Reagan, we're here. That's what you want to do. Who's your favorite president, Bob? Class. I was in a math teacher's class when the South Tower collapsed because I that's that was my next class. And oh, she was class? teaching, uh, I don't know, like some retard class. Geometry. Was, Wait, a math class? It was like algebra, like 2.5. Oh, don't like, talk to me about retards and math. I was in a class with all 10th graders in my senior year in high school yeah and i would just be like do you want can you do just do this for me i'll buy you cigarettes you it know was, whatever you need it was me my buddies from the football team and then all ninth graders yeah yes yeah. <laughs> same here not football buddies i didn't play but in high school but it was it was a lot of like yeah uh i can get you beer this weekend if you just do this homework for like a month and we're sitting there and we and she has it on the tv but she's still doing like all these stupid equations that i still don't understand to this day and I don't understand why she was still doing equations when we were under attack. Solve for X. Okay, I can. Circle X right there. Yeah, right there. Uh, and then the South Tower collapses. Jeez. And we're just kind of like, hey, 110-story uh, building just collapsed on TV. You want to uh, maybe stop teaching and uh, yeah. maybe maybe drink in the moment here a little bit. Yeah, so maybe something's happening of being great adult, significance. Because we're just 18. X equals Y doesn't matter. Maybe we're under attack. We should watch this. I, I want to ask you one more thing tonight, if I may, if you guys have the time. Slice. It recently came up on a different show um, about gender reassignment surgery. No, that has nothing to do with it. We were talking about the Kennedy uh, assassination. And I, <laughs> I were talking about the Kennedy assassination. And I said to John, oh, yeah. um, it wasn't a conspiracy. It was one guy. He was right there. It was Dealey Plaza. Uh, there's never been one piece of evidence that says it, it was a conspiracy. And John said that you agree. Um, do you think it was, just on your, your knowledge and, and being a guy, a history guy, do you think it was a lone wolf or it was a, it was a top-notch puzzle? That I couldn't unfolded. remember if that's what that you said, point. Bob, but I thought it may have been. Or maybe it said. wasn't you, John. Maybe I'm no, confusing no, no. my facts. I, I remember hearing well, the right. show because I remember going, I think that's what he said. No, you're accurate. Yes! I need to go pee. No, All right. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm wearing uh, a diaper. Lee Harvey Oswald had a good day. He had a good day. Wow. Right? And he shot twice? Yeah. And it was Dealey Plaza. Yeah, he shot three times. Three wow. times. The book depository right at Dealey Plaza was right in front of the motorcade. He had a clear shot. So he was like, and the Warren Commission found no piece of evidence saying that it was a bolt action rifle. Yes. And there is nothing in the wounds. Now, here's the problem. Here's the problem. Here's, here's the, the, wound. Uh, here's the, here's the deal. 
And once again, this could make this uh, podcast go three hours. Oh, I'm, I'm, I have plenty of drugs in my system. We're good tonight. <laughs> the round that hit Kennedy in the head appeared to be frangible. So which splintered? means it's a military round that blows up when it hits okay. bone or it's, yeah, it, it's a combat round. So it's made to do as much damage as possible. Right. Split up, cause infection, wound other shits. Destruct. Lee Harvey Oswald's rounds didn't do that. They passed right through. And they should have passed right through. Even if they hit skull or bone, they're going to mushroom out, and they're still just going to blow a massive hole out the front of Kennedy's head. Right. I still believe it's Oswald, but there's a part of me, though, that there's a great book written on this. Is it um, about the, the Warren Commission? No. And I've read, I've read a great book on the Warren Commission about the associate attorneys who did, really did all the work for the congressman and everybody who put themselves out there and said, I, uh, I, were, I investigated the Kennedy assassination. No, it was these associate attorneys who did the work behind the scenes. Okay. Uh, and they the said basically the scenes. There, there was yeah. no conspiracy, but they, the Warren commission didn't do a very good job of closing the loops on some of the potential conspiracy theories, you know, some of the potential loops. And that's, you know, Who's that's that? justice Warren, justice Warren interviewed Jackie Kennedy by himself. Wow. You know, was that a lack of technology available at the time, or just they could have done a better, a more no, thorough just, job? Uh, stupidity. Stupidity. Gotcha. Stupidity. Gotcha. No. It's really interesting. Holy monkey. Because the theories behind it but, but are a lot. So sloppy. Everything forward, uh, Lee Harvey Oswald had a really good day. I, that's November a, 20th, uh, 22nd, 1963. It's a good assertion. Practiced. Yeah, I agree with you. Over and over and over. But you know what? Good for Oliver Stone, though, too, for uh, bringing that to light. Yeah, that's so, your, you're right. None of that conspiracy theory, that's all horseshit. Yeah, I thank you for saying that. For It's all horseshit. Now, but it's interesting. It is interesting. What about the man who shot the man who shot JFK? Jack Ruby. Jack Ruby. Correct. Who shot uh, Lee Harvey. Who was, what was he like? What happened to him? Is he dead? He's, he was sweet. He died Didn't of cancer in the 70s in jail. Oh. Uh, he claims that he wanted to spare Jackie Kennedy of the trial of Lee Harvey Oswald and of all that stuff. Oh. He was attached with the mob. So that's where the whole mob element comes in. Oh. It's, and there's nothing – it's all happenstance. You know, If you want to connect the mob to the Kennedy assassination, it's all uh, – Happenstance. Yeah, right. Like, wasn't he like a a defector? Like he, he was, was a nightclub owner. He was a nightclub owner. For oh, a, right. Yeah, he owned like a strip club. Jack Ruby. He owned like a, a feather dancer club. Yeah. Well, you know. Yeah. Shake the, the tassels. And yeah. he was in the uh, – Lee Harvey Oswald was actually in the Dallas Federal Bureau of the FBI office like a week or so before the assassination – as part of something else. I don't else. know that for sure. No? Uh, is that a... Is that a confirmed. Oh, that's oh. that's not a, a fact? It's classified. No. There's, actually, they're going to be declassifying. <laughs> what I want... What would tell the tale is Kennedy's brain. Yeah. Forensics. 
We have in our archives. Is it is it in DC? In yeah. the National Archives? Yeah. And how can is you, brain... can you see it? It's classified. It's gonna say. Could you imagine if you saw that? It's like because well, Bobby Kennedy classified it. Oh, Bobby. Bobby. Bobby wanted everything to be secret because it was so bad. Bobby was the smarter one. Probably. Did they kill Marilyn Monroe? He was the the bulldog. Yeah, he was. He wanted to stick the Washington Monument right up the ass of the mafia. He had no fear. The first thing he said after he was shot in the back of the head at the Ambassador Hotel was, is everybody okay? Is that true? Whoa. Wow. Huh. So he was kind of got for his brain swelled up and he passed out. Wow. Oh. I love the Kennedys, man. I don't care. Eh, I don't you give can a love shit. them, but there's plenty to hate them too. No, no, that's they true. But as far as their, their mark on history, yeah. I feel like as oh, yeah, public they, servants, they absolutely. were great. As as people, they were snakes. They cheated on their wives, and you know they were. Yeah. They, they, they you would have hated them but probably in, in of, high school, but for their mark John on history, Kennedy, especially during the Cuban Missile Crisis. Oh my God. Amazing. Amazing. He he we, made up for the Bay of Pigs. We shouldn't be here right now. No, th- that crisis. One of my favorite movies of all time is Thirteen Days, and um, I just love that 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 two weeks. People, a lot of people have no idea how close we came. Yeah, and they only let him in in that those last four days, and it was uh, nerves of steel, balls of, of of juice. I mean, nerves of steel. Put him in a vice. Put him in a vice and just. Wow. So are we going to do the baseball card thing, or, or have I yeah. just really fucking killed this entire podcast with my stupid... You shut stupid, your mouth. Stupid history stuff. <laughs> Not like we didn't lead you in that direction at all. It's late here, I know. I know we went off on a tangent. A bitch. Thanks for listening. Oh. I know it's late there, guys, so we'll do the baseball roulette, but this has been yeah, just the, a great conversation. Roulette, I could go all remember. night listening. Every game that we do is just like a safety net if we kind of like hit a wall. We didn't hit a I wall. We smashed through many walls. We broke the sound barrier like Chuck Yeager. We invented Chuck baseball Yeager. like Abner Doubleday. That's 740 mile an hour. Damn right. So, so Bob, you're familiar with how uh, baseball card roulette works, Russian roulette works? Yes. Okay. So to the listeners out there, I have uh, – 3,200 baseball cards ranged from the late 60s to 2015. And we they're FLIR, tops, score, all kinds of gems. And uh, score. I randomly put my fingers in there, just Take like them. I did on prom night. And I pull out a card, just like I did on prom night. And then I go to the hospital and throw up, just like I did on what? And uh, we, we, we say the name of the gentleman, uh, and we... Tell the audience what they look like they should be doing, their history, maybe their job, what right. they're doing in life. And we're going to kick it off right now, right here with Bob and John. With, please welcome an infielder for the 1990 New York Yankees. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Wayne Tolleson. Wayne Tolleson appears to sell alcohol to underage minors. <laughs> <laughs> With that mustache? That's totally, Come on. That is absolutely an underage. <laughs> Come on, you're screaming underage. He's, and if he gets an 18-year-old, he might try to take a take a take a run at it. Take a shot. <laughs> he definitely uh, is the kind of guy. He's like the oh, uncle of some kid 
who buys well, he's, he's a very handsome alcohol. man. Jawline. He is a you handsome. Guys can, uh, you guys can actually uh, just come over and, and drink at my house if you want, if you want to. You don't yep. need to. You don't need to be out I there. It's dangerous. The- you could just sit at my house on my couch in your underwear. My underwear. Carolina. We can tell play for the Yankees. You can sit on my couch uh, in the un- with your underwear on. I got some blankets down there. You ain't going to ruin my couch. You ain't going to ruin the leather. Wayne Tolleson looks to me like that when he was in his early 30s, he was at a bar and there was this really pretty Puerto Rican girl there. And he lied and said he was half Puerto Rican too, even though he's not. Because with that mustache and dark complexion, he could pull it off. And had to tell the truth eight months later and they still got married. But he learned some pretty Boy, Mr. Clark, I really hope that uh, he didn't have that type of intuition. He could totally pull that off though. That was great. Number next. <laughs> You're not ruining the leather. <laughs> Coming in here at number two, let's please welcome outfield. That's his position. It's not like right field or left. It's his outfield. Just outfield. For the, the that means M's. he's really good. <laughs> that means he's really good. This is the 1989 Seattle Mariners outfielder. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. J. Bu- Mr. J. Bunner. John, this is all you, buddy. J. What? Bunner. B. U. H. N. E. R. This is Fleer, five forty-two. Clean shaven. I don't trust him. This picture looks like it's from the forties. Yeah, it does. Before he got enlisted in in an easy company, he ran a sawmill out of Chattanooga. Or he touched kids in the early 90s. Definitely touched kids in the early 90s. Look at that face. He's What's his name? guilty all over him. You don't even need a jury. His name is Jay Bunner. Jay Buner. And that hat. Really, Jay look at that hat. That hat has not been worked in. Yo, no. look, up, this, look up Jay Buna. He eventually grows a goatee like Stone Cold Steve Austin, and he has a hell of a year. He hits like 40 home runs, and like I think he has like over 100 RBIs. And that way, he was on the team with Griffey and A Rod and Randy Johnson. Are you serious? Yes, he was on. John the, knows your shit. And then, and he looks then, like he's 50 here. Steinbrenner traded him to the Mariners, and then he got injured, and, that, and then Griffey got injured, and that team fell apart. A Rod signed with the Rangers. Oh. <laughs> But Jay Buhner looks like a guy that never looks at the camera when a picture is taken of him. He always looks to the side like, oh, I'm looking at something else. What's going on something here? Something else is going on in the distance, so I don't look directly and at the camera. Actually, the pedophilia catches up to him. Well, then you'll like another 1989 Seattle Mariners. Please welcome Mr. Eric Hansen. <laughs> Eric Hansen. Boise wow. Hansen. I could see him as a, a, as a den leader in the Cub Scouts. Like a father, a great father figure. Of this oh, yeah. Cub Scouts. But you know what? He's the kind of guy who you take on the camping trip with the other fathers, and he drinks a little bit too much. A little too much. Yeah. I, I think Eric he Hansen a, looks like a – he tried he out for a – He gets a little sloppy. He gets a little saucy. You know it. There's the wives. said about some other wives, and there's a fist fight. And suddenly – Mr. Hansen is not invited back again, and his kid has gone missing. <laughs> he, he looks like he was he trying out. Nose. He was trying out for Mark Summers' double oh, dare standing. Didn't make it and cut himself. His nose has definitely been broken in a bar fight. <laughs> two, two more tonight. You guys ready for cut two more? <laughs> yes. All right. Coming in at 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 numero <laughs> cuatro. Please welcome. First baseman for the 91 Baltimore Orioles, 
Mr. Randy Milligan. Oh, let me show you the back. Oh, come on, Sassy. Oh, no. Stats. Mr. Randy Milligan. Oh, wow. Oh, Randy. Sweet, sweet. Randy with that <laughs> stupid version of the Orioles hat. I always hated that one. Which one? Yeah, I, I was never a fan. The bird. John? Randy, Randy Milligan. is actually the owner of a small, on the side of the road, water ice stand. Yes. And he only has three flavors. And he tried to sell fruit, but that failed because of the fly infestation. Ruined it. <laughs> All right, one more here. Blind Man's Bluff, Russian Roulette, Baseball Card. Slashy dice. All right, Please and... Please give me John Crook. Please give me John Crook. Please give me John Crook. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Crocker. the final card of this evening is Fleer 38, another 1989 one. Please welcome the Mets. Time out, Clark. Time out, Clark. Where are you pulling these cards from? Like, what's the... Uh... Uh, oh, do you want to see the uh, presentation? He has, yes. like, a thousand. I just, want to see, I, just want to, I just want to see what's going on here. Whoa. Wow. All right, that's uh, more intense than I thought it would be. Best, oh, best $10 ever spent. They were 10 bucks. 10 bucks at a garage sale. I'm not kidding. <laughs> Jen saw them, picked them up, brought them home, and I just said, thank you for the card. And she goes, they're mine. I go, no, they're, they're not yours. They're mine. I love baseball cards. I want to get business cards made that look like baseball so cards. Glue them all together and use it as a wallpaper. Oh, it'd be great. I like where your dick is. All right, final one tonight, 1989 Mets. Please welcome third baseman, the one, the only, Mr. Greg Jeffries. Oh, Jesus. Greg Jeffries, that's a lot of pressure. <sighs> Let me think here. Well, let's see. Well, Greg Jeffries, I think he would have had, aside from baseball, a very successful career in, as an insurance salesman. Yes. An insurance salesman. Where, he though, eventually, casually. he would try to open up his own company. It would fail. He would, he would then get a drinking problem. <laughs> And kill his family. Yes. And then kill himself. Yep, exactly. <laughs> but and when, then, he, when he killed himself, right, they didn't know for like three days. But I love Greg Jeffries. As soon as, <laughs> as soon as he died, Grandma's 401k kicked in. <laughs> Her bake sale money. All right, John. <laughs> All right. Let me, we're going to put this one in the W column. Let's, Bob, let's, I want to say thank you so much, dude. Great show. This is awesome. I want this to Thanks, last forever. Man. Well, rehearsals are done, Bob, so we're going to ready to start recording. Live. If you just remember everything you said. Oh, key the music. Oh, dear. Just going to have to repeat everything. Well, thank, oh, you so much for, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, please oh, come back anytime, man. This was so much fun. It was great to see you. Hell yes. Great time with you guys. Thank you for having me on and really appreciate it. And I'll come on anytime. Love this. Always this welcome. Absolutely. You're the man, dude. Tweet us Scrap. at the underscore podcastle. Please listen to all the shows for free on Podbean at thepodcastle.podbean.com. From the gentleman in charge of Greg Jeffrey's murder scene, Jonathan Ashner, oh. I am the man who drove him to drink in the first place, Matthew Clark, with the gentleman who accurately described his insurance rebates, Bob. Thank you so much for listening, and good night, everybody. Adieu. Godspeed. Adieu. Adieu. Unicorns and wizard sleeves, hammer plants and make believe, pirate ships sailing off to sea. Will you come party with me in my castle? 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 In my
From England to Stockholm, I'm wearing a cape just like a poncho. I got a cutie and I'm making a beat on a booty like I was up on a root beating up on a bongo. I got a bottle of Martinelli's and dumping it all over anybody that's kicking it in the grotto. And the neighbors keep tripping, I'm like I'm in a castle. Fuck your condo! Unicorns and wizard sleeves, emigrants and make-believe. Pirate ships sailing off the sea, sailing off the sea, sailing off the sea. Unicorns and wizard sleeves, emigrants and make-believe. Pirate ships sailing off the sea. 